Invasion Day, aka Australia Day, is coming up. And each year we like to give a bit of space for those that are First Nations people to come on and share with us some insights to educate, which seems burdensome, you know, that they should have to carry this trauma and then educate us. But they do so graciously. This year we're going to do something a little bit different. We have been given access to an incredible First Nations podcast and they have shared with us an episode that they think could make profound impact with Invasion Day coming up. I love that shirt. Yeah, it's great. Uh, hot people who don't celebrate Jan 26. Well, it? we're back, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> we are. Welcome to Not So PG, and we are back for season two. I'm Brooke Blurt, and my pronouns are she and her. I'm Maddie Mills, my pronouns are he and him. Before we get started, we'd like to acknowledge the custodians of the land in which we record this podcast. And today we are both in studio in Sydney on Gadigal Country, uh, which is one of 26 clans of the Eora Nation. And we're so excited to be here at our first episode. Let's get into it, Maddie. Oh my gosh, it has been legit months since we've seen each other. When was the last time? I actually can't even remember. I know. I feel Maybe like we were I've been reborn. Blackout, <laughs> Blackout drunk. drunk, or we just have short-term memory loss. But I'm sure it was like it was a few months now. It's been months. Well, it has been silly season, yes. and it feels like silly season has definitely gone on a little bit too long for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been noticing. I've been I've been keeping up with the social media. Yeah, which is glowing. <laughs> she I needed is glowing. the rest. I yes. needed the rest. Last uh, season was just like chaotic as hell. Yeah, last year. Let's just go rewind. Let's press rewind and go back to last year because. Last year for me was one of the worst years of my life. I could not wait until we got to the 31st of December. I was on top of a building watching those fireworks go off in Sydney for New Year's. And I was like, uh, it felt like just something had changed. I was like, I am ready to leave this year behind. It was like one of the most traumatic and just triggering years. And then I stepped into January 1st with massive intentions. um, And it took me about two weeks to get there. Look at you go, setting my intentions. Yeah. I'm getting there. Rebirthing. Rebirthing. I love this for you. You sound like you're glowing. Well, you sound like you're glowing, but you are absolutely glowing. Did you get blacker? I did get blacker because I spent a lot of time on the beach. And you know what? It was my mission. One of my intentions was to get blacker. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Likewise, can agree. Oh, yeah. How was Broome? You were spending some time in one of the most beautiful locations, Broome. I've always wanted to go. And I know that we had some plans for me to get there, but um, it didn't work out. Look, I was jealous. Those sunsets, like what? I know. Like no other. Honestly, you can't beat a Western Australian sunset. I swear by it. And you know what? The east side hasn't got shit. On WA. Well, you know what? I found a sunset beach in Sydney that I now go to. Like, And look, I'm not going to compare it to Broome or, you know, the West Coast because obviously, like, that that's the place to be when it comes to sun sunsets and, you know, beautiful, picturesque beaches. But La Perouse is actually a sunset beach because it faces the West. And I didn't know this, and I've lived in Sydney for the last 15 years, but if you go there in the afternoon and you, you know, um, stay there until sunset, you get a beautiful sunset. It felt like I was somewhere like Santorini or like the Amalfi Coast. But also, you know, it's just around the corner from La Perouse Beach. 
the nude beach. And I, spent, I bet you spent a lot of time there. Yep. You know what? You got rid of those tan lines. You, kn- you know what? <laughs> One thing I did want to leave behind, and that was the tan lines. <laughs> Amen. I actually didn't get any tan lines in Broome, surprisingly, even how hot it was. Yeah. It was the weekend that I got back to Melbourne and I literally laid out on my deck naked for the first time ever. I've oh, never wow. felt so liberated in my life than laying out naked, full spread on my deck. Okay. And I got rid of my, my tan lines. Well, you know what? We spent that week in Uluru together and wasn't that incredible. Like t- for me, that was so spiritual. Yes. Do you remember how zen I was? And I kept on using the word zen. <laughs> I mean, I got to a point where I was like, this guy is way too zen. Like, I is, was is floating. This- I you- was fucking <laughs> levitating around the resort. <laughs> but it You was, really were. It was so beautiful. We went to um, Uluru for the NITV 10-year celebration and they invited us to go and um, just be guests and be amongst incredible First Nations talent and entertainers and be a part of this like monumental moment for uh, NITV. And... We had the time of our lives, but it was also a moment where I feel like things shifted. What about you? I completely agree. I've always wanted to go to Uluru, and I thought that, see, Uluru would be somewhere where I think my person would propose to me. Like, I think, you know, I still truly believe in, obviously, love and romance. The Bachelorette didn't scare me that bad, okay? (laughs) But I I want it on my own terms, obviously. And so... Uluru, for me, I kind of glamorize this this place to be obviously so spiritual in its, and I hadn't been there yet. Yeah, I neither didn't even did know. I. It was like the, it was it was the first, you know, first time. Exactly, and so I'd always pictured my person would propose there because you know it is the heart, it is the center, it yes. is a very spiritual and healing place. So I thought when I go to Uluru, that's what's going to happen, or I'm going to be with the love of my life, or be with someone that I'm in love you with. Were. And I, I it was, was. Me. <laughs> and I was, you know what? And I think it's so weird how things happen like that, right? And I truly believe that moments happen always for a reason, whether mm. it's good or bad. But Uluru being that kind of late in the year, things shifted. Yeah. And they shifted at the right time for both of us. Yes. I think Uluru has some truly magical powers. Oh, it does. It's a very magical place. I remember when we, um, so we got there and every single day there was an itinerary. It was a very set out, planned four to five days. We had, you know, dinners, we had events, we had panels, there was um, tours. And one of the, my um, highlights was the the sunrise tour. And um, that was, you know, you had to get up at 4am in the morning and get to Uluru. You were driving through the desert in the dark and you just saw the shadow of this beautiful rock. And then you get there and you know the sun lights this place up and i mean we took but how about, we about 45,000 selfies <laughs> we did but how happy were we are like yes. were we to get up yep like you you probably you you're on getaway you do a lot of shows you yes. have to get up early the call yep. times always ridiculous yep. i'm sure at those times you are not as happy as you were when you were getting up to do an Uluru sunrise. Oh, it, I just remember seeing Uluru in the dark because it was just a shadow and then the sun coming over like the, the ranges and just like peeking through and lighting up this rock. It was something that I will never forget. And I didn't deliberately do this, but I left my water bottle at the site where everyone was. So I'd walk down to the bus and with, every, a moment. with everyone... Mm. And I got to the bus and I had left my water bottle back at the site. So I was able to go back to the viewing area and be there by myself for like a good 
couple of minutes. And in that moment, something happened. It felt like, like a spiritual shift. I was like, I'm here by myself. Like, this was meant to be. Like, it felt, it felt like healing. Yeah. Like, it felt like I'd just gone through way too much shit for one person to go through and that this rock was hugging me. And yep. it was like, we got you. You're right. You're going to be okay. Connection to country for me yep. in that moment was like in its true form. Yeah, and I'm so glad we got to do that together. Together, yeah. <laughs> okay, on the flip side, what about when your room got broken into? <gasps> oh. <laughs> oh you know what? I'm lucky for this shift. I'm lucky for this shift of energy because normally the old brook would have been like having a mental breakdown that yes. my shit got stolen. Yes. That is my biggest fear, my violation of privacy, yeah. space. Yeah. You know, that for me is just the worst thing that could happen. I can't even tell you in my past how much my privacy has been violated. Yeah, wow. And in that moment, I didn't give a fuck. Yep. I didn't even realise that I had lost my drone, my airplane bag, yeah. and my also my work phone. Yes. Didn't even realise. That's right. Like, I was because like, unfazed. So, basically, Brooke <laughs> and I were staying um, only a couple of rooms apart, and we were getting back to our rooms at the end of the night. And, I, you know, we gave each other a cuddle, and I went to my room, she went to her room, and then I get this immediate phone call as I'm just about to sit on the toilet. <laughs> And she's like... Dorguna. Yeah, Dorguna. And she was like, um, my door is smashed. And I don't think it clicked to you that somebody had broken in because nothing looked, like, touched, right? No. And so I get there and the whole door was shattered. And I was like, somebody's broken in here. And you were like, well, I don't think anything's missing. Didn't and, even realise. Just so zen. The next afternoon, they were like, are you sure things weren't missing because we found a drone, thousands a of two and dollar. a half thousand dollar drone, by the way, guys. Two and a half thousand dollar drone, a phone, a bag, and you were like, "Oh my gosh, that's all my stuff." <laughs> I didn't even realize. I mean, yeah. call me ungrateful, or whatever you want to say, but I had even no, I no fucking you clue. You were at peace, exactly, with, with literally shedding. You were like, "Materialistic things, whatever's going to go is going to go," exactly. and it literally came down to the fact that people had taken your stuff, and you're like, "I don't even notice it." <laughs> I didn't even yeah. notice it. I am blessed, black and beautiful, and I don't need that shit. <laughs> also, everything is insured, so all good. <laughs> Uluru for us definitely was a it was a moment yeah. of um, enlightenment. enlightenment. Yes. Something switched in me that I just stopped giving a shit about the things that didn't matter. People, places, situations, everything. And I think I've just realized that I'm out of survival mode now. Like, good. I don't need oh, I to I love be. that. I love that for yeah. you. Yeah. It's good. This is the year of Liberation. rebirth and liberation. <laughs> so I'm I'm writing it on my manifestation oh. list. Actually, talking about manifestation, have you heard of the lucky girl syndrome? Lucky girl syndrome? No, I can't say I have. Okay, it's this silly TikTok thing, and I honestly think I invented it. Oh, like yeah, I am the actually. OG lucky girl syndrome. So it's about manifesting, right? Mm-hmm. 2023, setting our intentions, basically acting. That you've already got it. So basically saying that you already have it. So I will... Oh oh my gosh, I do this. Am I a lucky girl? You are a lucky (gasps) girl. I I live in that land, let me tell you. So the lucky girl syndrome for me, I've always been a lucky girl. I mean, I'm pretty grateful, but I'm sick of being grateful. I want to actually be like, you know what? Deserve this. Yeah. And I got it. And last year was a huge realisation. As we know, last year was probably the biggest year of your life. One of my biggest... I wouldn't say worse because it was probably one of the best career 
years of my life. Same, babe. For career, it was the best year of my life. Personal, the worst. I was like, what is happening in this universe where you get, you know, you get to this certain level or you get to kick off these goals professionally and then in your personal life, everything is falling apart. Like by the end of last year, I literally was like, I do not have my shit together. I need to like turn this around. Yeah. And what's it taught you? I feel like 2023 for us is less personal, more career. For me, personally. Absolutely. (laughs) I've come into this year very heavily focused on my career. I need to build the foundations of my life that are going to set me up forever. I don't want these fractured foundations or this fucking quicksand that I'm just like falling through anymore. Dick sand for me. Dick sand. (laughs) That is a good one. Dick sand. No more of the dick sand. Yeah. But like for me, it's all about foundations now. So for 2023, I want to build the foundations for success. And then, you know, it's like for me, 2023 and beyond. That's, yeah. I'm so excited for this. Yeah. And if this is how we're starting first episode, first little segment, then I'm fucking keen. Well, look, okay. So obviously silly season. There was so much that went on in my world. Like, I think this is possibly the silliest season I've had. And, um, it, it, you know, it came after, you know, huge traumatic event happened at the end of last year. Then I went through a massive breakup. Um, it felt like a fucking divorce and I feel like, you know, I'm still sort of extremely, um, you know, emotional and, and also like triggered, you know, day to day by that. Um, but there were so many things that I used as a distraction and so many like, um, moments that I like had in silly season that I actually regret. I'm like, why did I need to do that? What about you? I mean, ah, you know, I got to probably a place where it was like an explosion of, uh, a lot of things. I think I was just cycling, literally just cycling. And then it just went bang. Yep. And I was like, run down. I had nothing left to give. My cup was so empty mm-hmm. by the end of that, by the end of last year. Yeah. Um, that I just really, I just went off. Like yeah. I was silly season for me. I kind of needed that, like to exert that energy, just yeah. get, every frustration, everything that I had out. So what even did though- you do? So when you say you had an explosion, <laughs> what were some of the things that came out of that explosion? I went off social media. Yep. I had a bit of a break because I felt like it wasn't really giving me, I wasn't feeling really positive about my job and social media in itself. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to like get rid of that, right? And then I put all my energy into my family and my friends. And whilst I was in Broome, I swear to God, I was drunk for like 16 days. Oh my God, really? <laughs> but not intentionally and not actually you like were just living negatively. In that. Yeah. Like I was just having so much fun with yeah. my family and friends. Like we stayed up late, literally playing cards and yeah. just drinking. Like, yeah. you know, there's black Nothing do. malicious. No, yeah. it wasn't like I was like escaping. It was yeah. just actually like I was actually celebrating yeah and i i felt that i needed that that energy just to not give a flying fuck anymore yeah good on you and i did that and my regrets i mean (laughs) (laughs) what are they let's be honest and open here 2023 uh i guess 2023 is a little bit you know letting off the lid um and (laughs) i feel like i feel like i just I just went hard with like casual sex. Casual sex. <laughs> oh. I'm gonna fall off my 
budget. Yeah. I mean, I like just went ham. Okay, well, let's talk about it. How was it? Did you enjoy it in the moment? Or do you, do you have regrets of certain situations? Or is it just like an overall regret of, I fuck too many people? <laughs> <laughs> no regrets I fuck too many people. Yep. Probably not enough. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Honest to God. No, honest to God. It was just like... So now I get an actual vision of the explosion. Now we know what it actually is. It's <laughs> <laughs> <to climb out. laughs> So here we are with our first guest in 2023 on Not So PG. It is the incredible Isaiah Firebrace. He, you know, he won the eighth season of X Factor back in 2016. He'll be performing at this year's Australia Day concert with Casey Donovan and Christine Arnu. But he's also represented us on the world stage at Eurovision. Give it up for the deadly Isaiah Firebrace. Hey, how are you guys? We're excited to have you on. Um, we're excited for 2023. We're just excited about a few things. I do got a few exciting things coming up and I'm heading off to uh, Vietnam next month uh, to do some stuff over there. So it's, it's still getting started for me. So. Oh, so he's yeah. an international diva. He is. <laughs> what are you doing in Vietnam? Um, I'm going over there to perform with uh, Lee Koenigan and Mitch Tambo. Uh, oh, our, amazing. Our song, um, come together. Oh. Um, there's like a huge event over there that we've been invited to to perform at. So it's going to be cool. Wow, yeah, that's going to be the lineup. And, I come from Tamworth, yeah. so I know a lot about Lee Kernigan and Mitch Tambo. Mitch Tambo, obviously from Tamworth, and Lee Kernigan, a massive country music star. Oh, I did... love Mitch. I love them both. How good. Speaking of coming together, how did that song come together? It was actually in COVID. Lee reached out and. He was actually putting together the soundtrack soundtrack for his um, biopic, his his movie about his life. Yeah, and he wanted like a song that was like an anthem um, with with that you know First Nations um, vibe as well. So he he reached out to us thinking we'd love to be a part of it, and we did. And yeah, we wrote that song, and mm. in the middle of like those weird lockdowns where things would open up for a little while and then they would shut back down and I was in Melbourne so like we kept coming out of lockdown and coming back into lockdown there was a chance to go up to Brisbane and actually record the song together so we did that and yeah and it was nominated for two golden guitars so we didn't win Unfortunately, but golden next gu- time, next yeah, the time. next time the golden <laughs> guitars are a good time. I was there last yeah. year. I mean, th- that place, country mob know how to party. <laughs> yeah, I love I love country music. Like I grew up listening to country music with the mob, and just to like have a song with like a iconic country artist has been so cool. So yeah, it's kind of been like a tick in the box for like my child's dream. You actually wrote a children's book called Come Together recently. How how's yeah. that been? That has been incredible. It's been one of the best-selling children's book of the year. Wow. It was number one for three weeks on my book publishing um, across all genres. You know, it was it was just received, like, incredibly, incredibly well. And it's things every Aussie kid should know about, the first peoples. So I touch on culture, history, um, protocols, you know, art, music, you know, differences between a acknowledgement of country and a welcome to country things that not only kids but adults can can learn from as well so it's like an all-rounded book of like good information so it's been amazing to like be a 
be an author for the first time and have that response and have it be a success. It's a good feeling. I love that. It's Look, I have to admit, if I was, um, you know, if I was a kid, I would want an audio version of this book. Do kids get audio versions? I've done a few audio book reads. Great. Part of like the your voice uh, would be so nice. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna say it. You have a sexy voice. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Maddie are literally here sitting and we're giving each other eyes like... Well, like he doesn't even have to sing his voice just oh to you. <laughs> you can just say anything. Well, every you could time say chlamydia I do that, and I'd be like, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's a radio probably, gig probably the is, deepness of it. Maybe yeah, a radio gig like in the it. future. Well, look, let's um, chat about what's coming up. And we know that there's a very polarising date in um, this month for our country. And that's January 26th. Some people call it Australia Day. Some people call it Survival Day. It's been, you know... Um, asked to be a day of mourning for nearly a hundred years now. So like it's, there's there's been a lot of conversation around this date in particular. You're one of the very few First Nations artists that um, are a part of the celebrations on this day. What has it become to you these days? Well, I have never celebrated Australia Day before. I've never thought of it as a day where I should be celebrating this country. Like I've yeah. always been opposed to Australia Day. I've always been opposed to the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like growing up, I, I never really cared about like Australia Day and the reason why we should be celebrating the country. So, I mean, like my involvement in in the Australia Day concert is to, is to represent and not to really to celebrate. Yeah. Um, I think on the 26th, you know, like, is a day that, you know, they try to get rid of us and stop First Nations people from ever existing. And me personally, me being there, for me, it's kind of like putting it in their faces that we're still here. (laughs) And I can get up on this day in front of white Australians, stand proud and represent, you know, the very thing that they tried to take away from us. Um, Yeah, I've never, like, celebrated it at all. It's interesting because some people, especially from our community, might see that you're a part of these um, Australia Day concerts or celebrations and might think that maybe this is, you know, you being there is is you celebrating. What do you have to say to people who might be um, polarised by that? I would say, like, I know my intentions going into something like this. I know I'm not ignorant towards anyone. I mean, I am a black fellow and I know what this day represents for me and you know it's it's hard it's hard to get up with with a lot of these different opinions and you know people from community that would say why are you doing it but then there's also a whole bunch of people from community that's that encourage it you know and then there's like a whole bunch of white followers that would probably think oh why is he up there doing that and then there's a whole bunch of white followers that say yay you know that's awesome yeah. so you can't win them all and i guess just me just personally as Isaiah, like just going into it, knowing my intentions that I'm just there to represent being black and proud in this country. Yeah. And it's like rubbing it in their face that we're still here. And I have the privilege now to stand up and, and show off my culture on a national level. Maddie and I always talk about taking up space and not having to ask to be in those spaces, just basically being like, I deserve this and I need to be here. And I think exactly saying them, exactly. yeah, I think saying to them like, you know, and I think if mob know your intentions behind it of what you're telling us, I think that's like brilliant. It's like, well, yeah, yeah. like it's not like I'm getting up there and being like, oh, like ignorant and trying yep. to like be politically correct or anything like that like mm. 
it it would be a problem for me if I was like, yeah, Australia is great. Yes, like everybody get over it or, or something like that. That is not where I'm coming from at all. And I and I really hope people understand that. I just want to be there representing what we all believe in, and that's a change of date. And you know that that always was and always will be. And every interview that I've done around this, I've said the exact same thing. So I'm using this opportunity, I guess, in the spotlight to talk about those things that I know we all want and need. Is that your stance with the date? Is it you would want it to change? Because obviously there is a, a few opinions um, that come from mob. So the one is change the date or rename and reclaim because I feel like there are so many different opinions and it seems to me like your so your stance is to change the date? I think change the date. I think change it. You know, I've always said May the 8th. That's, Mate. Like, Mate. Yeah. I've always said that. Like, to be honest, we do need to come together. We can't keep being diversive. Like, we, act, we have to find somewhere where we can come together and celebrate being in Australia and the history on a date that's respectful. And, yeah. you know... My families and my communities, we, we want, you know, we want treaty. We want, we want, that's what we want. Yeah. And, you know, we can't get to that point if we're still going to remain being diverse. Like, we have to find a date. I think May the 8th would be awesome. I think that your work, your work um, that you've done in the community, especially around um, petitioning to have languages taught in school, is an incredible stance that you've taken to put First Nations culture at the forefront of this country. I think when people, they, they, you know, there might be polarising views of, of your stance on change the date as well, but you can't win them all. But the thing is, you are doing the groundwork, you are doing the work behind the scenes and using your platform to elevate um, First Nations voices. How is um, that fight going on that front with the languages in schools? Yes, well, um, after I put that to Parliament, uh, the Labor government uh, made a... Uh, a what was it, a four a four million dollar uh, grant? Wow! Towards teaching uh, First Nations language in sixty different schools, and to employ uh, First Nations teachers to teach that. Oh, so, that's what I'm talking about. Now that's the that change we. That is black excellence. That's the change we want to see. Like that is putting your money where your mouth is, brother. Yeah, it's a good start. I mean, it, I would yeah. love to see it over two hundred fifty or three hundred schools. And yeah, like I, I just want that to be a start of many things that I do, and you know that also inspired the book as well to to be teaching and and tackling the education system. You know that's yeah. that's been a downfall in Australia. You know for teaching Absolutely. the history and 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 having that alienated thing with First Nations people is not including it when kids are young when they're learning about what this country is. I'm just kind of like trying to target the kids because that's the next generation and they're the future leaders as well, black or white, and they need to know what the heck's going on and and what this country is. So It's so difficult to, you know, have these conversations about Jan 26 because sometimes it overshadows the black excellence that is happening in Australia. And I I get so, like, frustrated because... It's it's not a matter of like you know an easy fix, but it, yeah, like I said, it overshadows all the good work that is happening, all the stuff yeah. that is happening, and the movement and the change and the change makers and the honestly like the trailblazers like yourself. Fire brace for president. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I that's what I would that's what I wouldn't like as well. Like if 
people just see the poster of me performing and then make up all these assumptions and then just disregard all the actual work that I've been doing with petitions and mm. and grassroots yeah. community work, working with youth, releasing this book, talking about issues, talk, talking about how I actually feel about it yeah. um, in interviews. You know, it's like I said, you can't please please everyone, but I nah. I'm just always have been someone that's about good energy and good intentions and just knowing that for yourself. Yeah. And then our last question is actually a not-so-PG question, which all of our guests have to answer. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to hang up this <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, our not-so-PG question, Brooke has it for you. Have you joined the Malha Club? No, I haven't gone on a private jet. <gasps> oh, Brass, we've got to fly you out. We'll get you on our Nova jet. <laughs> no, I, I do, people actually, do people actually do it? On normal flights, like in those little toilets. Wow, yeah, I they think make international legs when the lights go down and it's you know six hours in and the lights go down and you sort of you know walk up the aisle. I swear, if I heard that, I would like go up and bang on the door real hard and say like, "Hey, get out of there!" Oh no, I, I, I'd be the opposite. I'd be like, do you want a third? No. <laughs> Oh, my God. You guys. Uh, thank you so much for your time today, brother. It's been an absolute um, treat for us having you on. It really has. Oh, thank thank you. you. Thanks for the support and uh, having me on today. I appreciate it. You know what? I am I am somebody who pushes things to the limit, and I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. I don't want to push things to the limit where I hurt myself and it's detrimental to me. So I'm actually... Um, cutting back on drinking. Like, I am fully accepting the fact that that is, for me, a floodgate to all the things that I don't like about myself. Mm -hmm. So what I'm actually doing, and this comes from, you know, regretting, you know, silly season, really. Uh, I had a bit of an awakening at, at the start of this year where I was like, I do things when I'm drunk that I don't like and that Sober Maddie would never do. So, I've, I, so I'm actually giving up alcohol altogether Oh my god! I know. Sobriety. Are Unless, you doing celibacy as well? No, no chastity belt, babe. Uh, but I'm giving up alcohol while I'm in this country. So the rule is, and this is like how I'm. This is how I'm getting through the moment. It's that while I'm in Australia, I'm not going to drink. But when I'm on holidays, I'm going to drink. So there's like goals, right? So I have a, I have a big chunk of work coming up, which I have to go away for. Then I have like a holiday in like June, which is like a good goal to get to without drinking yeah. between now and June. I mean, I agree, and I I, I totally agree with everything that you're saying. Yeah. With um, I, I guess alcohol, you know, it sort of ruined my family's lives. Like yeah. I have a very negative view on it. So I don't want to make those choices anymore. I don't want those choices to be put in front of me. And it's like I just want to to be the best version of myself. And yeah. I know if I eliminate alcohol, I can get there quickly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Love this for you. Love yeah. this. You're going to be okay. fucking so shredded. For everyone listening out there, let's just fucking, like, give me a minute as well. Because, like, don't be Next like... minute tequila shots. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you know, like, I'm trying. That's all I'm going to say. Babe, that's trying. all you can do. And, like, it's fine. Yeah. It, you know, our podcast is called Not So PG. Maybe mm. you just put the G in PG and I'm the not so PG. But you know what? The challenge is to have the most fun without alcohol. And I think I can do that because, look... 100%. Literally, like, I feel like yeah. as, um, you know, I went I went on my holiday. I went on my, 
my trip away in um, the first week of this uh, year sober. I was fully sober. I was in the most beautiful location. I had heaps of people around me drinking, days at the beach where everyone was drinking. I went into Byron Bay on a night out, was totally sober. I had the best time. And like, I... You are a Gemini. I woke up. Like, not yeah. that... Not that what does that, that mean? Means, what does that well, mean? Tell me. I mean, I feel like every Gemini that I have met is high energy. Yeah. And you are yeah, very much so high energy. Yeah. Like, you're an introvert. I mean, sorry, you're an extrovert yeah. where I'm an introvert. Yeah. And I'm actually... My goal this year is to do the exact same, not with the drinking, but put myself in social situations that I wouldn't ever do, ever, and then just, like, try to have as much fun as I can. Yeah, sometimes... Drink, drinking is just a part of Australian culture, apparently. But well, like, well, that, well, that's right. Yeah, and I think that it's become way too much a part of my life. And I think that I used it as a distraction after my brother died, and then I also used it as a distraction once um, I had broken up with my ex. So the it, two major things, yeah, though, yeah, cut yourself some slack. Yeah, and that is what this year is about as well, because you do need to cut yourself some slack because those are two really high and tr- pretty traumatic. Things that have happened in your life. Like, yeah. I lost my sister, like, two years and I'm still dealing with it. So, yeah. losing your brother last year and then also a partner who you've been with for a very long time. Yeah, like, yeah. you're still grieving those processes. 100%. And alcohol is, you know, a part of how we grieve. At funerals, everyone, we have, you know, at wakes, yeah. wakes and people will drink and we try to celebrate that person's life. Like, it's just a part of Australian culture and, you know, sometimes it has its negative effects and sometimes... Sometimes it helps people come out of themselves. Yeah. Who, who knows? But I am so, like, you need to cut yourself some slack. Oh, I yeah. Like. And, I, you know, people do say, be easy, go easy on yourself. But for me, and I'll be really honest, if I go easy on myself, I can make up a million excuses yeah. to do the wrong thing. Yeah. So it's like, I know that, like, that, that, that deep down I'm a good person. I make good, good decisions. I have good judgment. But sometimes that judgment and those decisions when I'm intoxicated aren't the best. And I don't want to continue that. I'm 27. Mm. I need to fucking grow up. Like, <laughs> seriously. You know what I mean? I mean, I get yeah. it. I get it. But I just feel I know I, I know. We're making that I know. better decisions. We're making yeah. better decisions. We're setting our path. Yeah. We're, we're, again, uh, rewriting our narrative. And I'm really proud of you for that. Thank you. I appreciate it. But um, look, yeah, I mean, it's you don't have to look far in our experiences and in our lives to see what alcohol has done. Personally, I look at my dad. He became sober at the age of 60, which was like four years ago, and has remained sober. Great example for me on both ends of the spectrum. He's someone who alcohol ruined his life growing up. His dad was an alcoholic. My pop, who, you know, was extremely abusive. He Then my dad became an alcoholic and was abusive as well. And he didn't have any real... Role models or... Role models. And so for me, I'm like... I need to break this cycle. Yeah. I want to break the cycle in my family because I know that it doesn't get me anywhere. And it doesn't mean that I'm going to be like strictly sober forever. What it means is that like I need a better relationship with alcohol. Yeah. And I know that in your life growing up, you saw a lot of, you know, violence that was to do with alcohol as well. Like there's so many experiences that you write about in your book that um, you share openly. It's it's affected us and our community so so much. Yeah, and it's not easy writing about substance abuse and mm-hmm. violence and all those topics that, like, you know, and I was re-listening to um, my 
audiobook mm-hmm. um, and the start of it, there's always a disclaimer and the things that I was listing, it was like I had got to like a big list and then I had like had another list and yeah. it was because my book touches on so many of those things, how substance abuse really affected my childhood, my family and my brother's and sister's life. And I want people to break that cycle. So I really admire how you're talking now to me and saying that this is what you want to do with your life because I'm mm. like, well, you're just going to be setting an example yeah. for future young people. And I'm so proud of you for that. And I'm proud of all the young people that are making that similar choice. And I'm also proud of myself for one, mm-hmm. putting that out there in the yes. world to help inspire people to do that exact thing yeah. um, about changing the narrative. It's about rewriting it, um, setting, because, you know, people will be like, we can just sit back and hope, but I'm sick of hoping. Like, I want to do things. Like, I want to take action. And writing a book for me was taking action and putting that somewhere. And I think that's probably why I feel so light yeah. this year. Oh, you've, you have a presence about you that feels very light. Thank which you. Which is good. You know, like, in both aspects, light and light. <laughs> <laughs> Lighting in here today. <laughs> um, well, I do. I feel like, you know, it was a big clima- <laughs> climax. <laughs> what is with my choice of words today? Climax. I, you know, I got to the end where I just kind of needed that big, like, outlet. Shed. Yeah, and I think I did that, and I think I celebrated with my family and friends Um of what I achieved this year. And the book was obviously a huge thing, but, you know, the book was basically packaging all those, like, things in a nice little, like, package and then being like, here it is to the world. Now I don't have to talk about it. I do want to talk about the things that matter, but I want to move forward. I want to move into the future. I don't want to keep looking back into the past because that, for me, isn't enjoyable. Yeah. It is a reminder, and I love that reminder because it's like, fuck, I built myself up from the ground to here. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. But I don't want to keep constantly reaching into that basket. Like, yeah. Good. yeah and I also, just... you're, you're, you know, you are redefining the narrative of what your life looks like and you're creating your life by design. It's not the same life that you had when you were little. And when you bring a child into the world, it's absolutely not going to be that same experience that you had when you, when you were a kid because you are breaking those cycles. And even if it's not at an extremist point like me where you have to cut things completely, you're still breaking in the cycle by creating a different world. But that's grit. That Mm. is willpower. Cutting them out of your life like that and just saying, no, I won't stand for this. That is not a lot of people have that, Maddie. Yeah. Not a lot of people can say no like that. We have that. And that's why we started this podcast, Not So PG. It's because no one was telling us to do this. Yeah. No one was saying like, get up every morning, show up every morning, do what you need to do to get where you need to be. No one was telling us that. No, we had to do it all on our own. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I think now we're in we're actually settling into ourselves a lot more. Yeah. And I'm so excited for 2023 because I think that we know our place now. Yeah. And we we did this to take up space where we belong. Yes. Not because where we asked to be, yeah. where we belong. Yeah. And I think that's what more people need to do. And that's what we need to teach our young people, our future generations yep. is to not ask for a space Create the space. Create the yeah. space, take up the space, and know that you belong there. Don't apologize for it. Yeah. I don't Absolutely. Wanna, yeah. I'm and sick of apologizing. what's our 2023 mantra? Happy, Happy healthy, healthy, and healing. healing. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, that was our first episode. Oh, it's done. That it's... was great. I had such a good time talking with Isaiah, but also learning about your silly season regrets. It's so good to be back, and I can't wait uh, what this year has in store for us. Anyways, but that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for listening to Not So PG. We are so happy to be back. If you love us, leave a five-star rating and a little review. And if you want to tell us something, follow us on socials or slide into the DMs. They're always open. <laughs> Mine is at It's Maddie Mills and Brooks is at Brooke.Blurton and at Nova Podcast Official. Bye. See you, lovelies. Hi, everybody. It is Zoe here. Change is coming to the deep. I want to welcome you to Arise. It's uplifting, it's quirky, it's curious. It's all about the mindset and self-discovery to be more helpful and of service. During 16 of the Deep, you'll hear some of these episodes and I'd love to hear what you think of them over on our Instagram at What's the Deep.